Welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. Today I have Zach Hahn, head of global sales at Battlefy, a Canadian-based company, which makes me proud, but he's based in the Bay Area. Zach, how are you doing? I'm well, Paul. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Listen, say hi to everybody and a quick intro uh, into yourself. Perfect. Hi, everyone. Uh, hope you're enjoying the podcast. I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, my background, me, I... Uh, Born and raised in Colorado, still have a lot of pride in my roots. My father is still uh, still back there. Um, but I have moved myself to California. I've spent most of my career working in sales in California. A uh, couple big companies in my past, Nielsen, Disney, Sony, and now kind of cutting my teeth in the startup world, trying to figure out what I'm doing here in a much smaller company and a much uh more nimble company. So excited to talk a little bit about it. Well, Zach, I'm excited for you being here. Uh, you know, listen, we're recording this on March the 18th and the state of the world right now is an influx. It's kind of a unique time right now. And so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how you're doing, uh, how your team is doing, uh, you know, with regards to COVID-19 and you know, kind of what we're all battling with right now. Yeah, no, it's it's a strange time and it's a strange time for individuals it's strange time for businesses uh we're doing well thank you for asking hope you're doing the same um the nice part about this company is being small being nimble a lot of people did work from remote spots or remote places um we were doing a lot of stuff via video conference so a lot hasn't changed for us it's been an easier transition but it's been a very uh a weird time and yeah. trying to take advantage of it as best I can. Well, you know what? And I appreciate your outlook on that. You know, it's a unique time. Uh, if we if we get out in front of this thing, uh, we'll be better for it. We'll be able to flatten. What's the, the, the buzzword right now is flatten the curve on this. And, flatten the curve, it, yeah. it, you know, it's a tough pill for a lot of us to swallow, to be isolated for a couple of weeks. We don't know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, but I really believe that if we're proactive with this, that the numbers will start to subside and then, you know, it might be a bumpy second quarter and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll all be better for it. Hopefully, you know, as we come out, uh, what I believe to be in, in, in some sense of normalcy come the summertime, hopefully. So, uh, yeah. And it's it's been weird just looking at how businesses are reacting to it. I think there's been a lot of just pause and freeze and figure things out before we move forward. So. I think we're all trying to figure it out. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and there's strength in numbers here. So I think we're if we stay together, we'll we'll be all OK here. All right. So, yeah. Zach, so let's get into it then. I'm excited for you to share your story. So if you're ready, uh, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. OK, here we go. OK, so let, let's go back to the year 2000. I mean, we're, we're dealing with something right now with, with uh, coronavirus. But back in 2000, we're dealing with Y2K, you know, wondering, like, are oh, the computers going to shut down? And, you know, it's just funny how things, you know, happens. And so Y2K, so 2000, uh, University of Colorado Boulder, uh, you graduate uh, with a degree in management. Uh, talk to me about, do you remember, what was your vision for your life at that time? Like, where did you see yourself in 2020 back in 2000? I've always been a corporate thinking person. I've always wanted that corporate job. I think uh, even as a kid, you asked me after I let go of the, I'm going to be an athlete, um, which went to a certain point, And then you realize you're not going to be an athlete. <laughs> I wanted that job where you started in the 
the doldrums, the mailroom of some corporate company and made your way up and big corner office. I still have this New York fantasy that I want to go have that corner office in a New York high rise. Um, so I've always been kind of a business person. I like that corporate structure, which a lot of people it's not for, but I loved it. Um, as such, I kind of wanted to get into business and I wanted to figure out how I could grow and uh, money was a motivator for me. And as such, early days, the easiest way to find your way into a company and make money and get up quickly is sales. Um, so I don't know if I saw myself as being a salesperson per mm. se, but being able to have a conversation, build rapport, um, turn that into an actual sale was something that I was good at. And I found out very early I was good at. So kind of found my way into sales in Los Angeles, but not the kind of sales I'm doing now. Very different. Uh, rental furniture, not <laughs> the most exciting or glamorous thing in the world, but found a way to enjoy it and turn it into kind of the first part of my career path. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so I was curious about that because, you know, the information on your on your public profile on LinkedIn, uh, I know that you worked at Nielsen, we'll get there. I know you worked at Disney and Sony, but there was a there was a gap in between. And so I was curious. about. Okay, so you're in Colorado, but you find your way to LA. And so now yes. you're selling uh, furniture. Uh, and so did you do that for your entire stretch? Not just selling furniture, renting furniture. Re sorry, renting furniture. Even Thank you. No, no. I'm, it's even I'm harder. That because it's just... <laughs> just such a weird business um no i didn't i i found my way within that company into doing something called home staging which is where you're basically helping people set up their house for sale um, usually multi-million dollar houses it was part sales part design um i didn't love it it wasn't me the sales part was fun i enjoyed it but the design part which most people were like oh my god you're selling and designing homes I didn't love. It sounds pretty cool though on I the wanted. surface. If you're if you're not behind the firewall, it sounds like well, that sounds like it'd be an interesting, uh, different experience. No matter what house you roll into. Yeah, and yeah. there were parts of it I loved. I mean, look, being in Los Angeles and seeing some of these amazing homes, awesome. But at the end of the day, it didn't fulfill my soul, and so I started to kind of figure out what was next, and I ended up at uh, the Clippers for a little bit, selling tickets in the NBA and selling packages and ideas, and um, that was a role that I really liked because I loved basketball, but when I really started to get into it, and about seven or eight months in, I started to realize it wasn't actually fun anymore. It was mm. work. And I, I went to a game with my dad in Denver, and that used to be one of my favorite things in the world to do is to go see a basketball game with my dad. And I'd walk in, and I walked down the stairs to my seats, and I went, oh, this feels like work. It changed it for me. Um, sports had always been my outlet. It had right. been the fun part when I needed a break from sales, and it now was my job. And so I realized that wasn't where I wanted to be, and that was when I said, okay, it's time to figure out what's next. Um, and that led me to Nielsen. So, you know, one of the things that I believe is if you have that straight line trajectory in your career, good for you. But the first part of my career was all based in sales, but not anything near what I'm selling now. Got it. And so did Nielsen find you or did you find Nielsen? Uh, one of the guys that I had worked with at the Clippers had gone over to a job at Nielsen and in all honesty, I think he wanted the, the referral fee, but he brought me over. Um, and it was a good fit. 
it just was fun. It was different. I started to get into a cross-platform kind of media sale, selling everything from um, online to like print content to on-site sponsorship content. It just, it started to make sense to me where my career was going to go. And that was the first place that I could kind of see, okay, I like this. This is right. I believe in it, but it's not that love like a basketball where I can go and enjoy the things that I still love. Interesting. Interesting. You know, and so uh, you were there for a couple of years, if I, if I have my, my stats correct. And Nielsen, uh, good organization, um, strong global presence. Um, what was the, the rationale behind uh, your decision to move to Disney next? Well, Nielsen's an amazing company, but if somebody says, hey, you want to come to Disney, you're going to Disney. Um, that said, I had worked with some pretty amazing people at my time at Nielsen, and one of them was uh, my boss, who has since become a friend and a mentor, but he left to go take this role at Disney, um, called me up and said, hey, you ready to come to Disney? And I think before he got the words, are you ready out? I was jumping over. Where do I need to send my resume? So you already had your Mickey Mouse ears on, right? Yeah. Tail and all. <laughs> it was all coming out. Um, and so it was a, an awesome opportunity because of two parts. Part number one is it's Disney. It's an amazing company. The just the cachet that comes with working for a company like that, being able to call and say, I'm calling from Disney changes the conversation. But two, I believe you need to surround yourself with people you trust. And as you build a career, as people look to find what's next, find a job you enjoy, find people you trust, and everything else will work itself out. Right. Um, and I had a boss that trusted me and he and I and I trusted him. So it gave us an opportunity to do some pretty cool things at Disney. Um, so that was why I made the jump. I'm super happy I did. It really changed the career from a cross-platform kind of uh, digital or cross-platform advertising sale to really focusing on digital at the right time as digital was really exploding. Okay. So now I know that you're in the San Francisco Bay Area now. Uh, and yet when you started with Disney, you were you were in LA. Did Disney move you up? Was Did you raise your hand to move? What was the story behind your decision to go from Southern California to Northern California? Um, opportunity struck and I raised my hand. So when I was in LA, um, it was a very hunter focused role. There was not a lot of business there, or I should say for what we were trying to do, there was not a ton of business and it was really focusing on going and finding certain new business, um, which was tough. And we were able to do some good things, but there was an opportunity that came up in San Francisco that was a little more established, was doing some stuff that I really wanted to get into. And truthfully, my wife and I had kind of started to talk about, do we want to leave LA? Do we want to go up there? She has family. I wanted the city life, as we kind of talked about already. Mm -hmm. So uh, opportunity came up when somebody was leaving a position that I raised my hand for. And within 24 hours, we had decided we were going. The company said yes. And within 30 days, we had moved up to San Francisco. Wow. Okay. And so how long was your tenure at Disney? Just under five years. So just under five years. Okay. So uh, I'd love to hear more about this because 
Disney, to what you just said, a very well-recognized organization, global presence, um, one of the most recognized brands and one of the most valuable global brands in the world. I have a story that says, well, the path of least resistance is just stay there. Uh, so if things are going well, what was your intention about moving uh, and leaving the company and then finding your way over at Sony, which is another great organization, but a vastly different you know, value proposition? Yeah, um, two parts to that. Part number one is what we were doing at Disney. Um, we were in the Disney online part of the company. It was a growing part, but it wasn't the core of the business. And when you look at what Disney does, probably most people think of two things first. They think of the parks or they think of the movies. Right. And the amount of phone calls you would get that would say, I'm ready to spend X millions of dollars with you if we can just do this with the parks, the company didn't care. Um, the parks really were protected. The movies were really protected. So we were able to do stuff with some of the bigger assets, but we were small potatoes. Um, I think there was a joke once that the tens of millions of dollars that we make a year is what the uh, park sells in water per year. Right. It just wasn't like I could move the needle there. So we were doing some great stuff. It was cool, but there were opportunities out there that I wanted to explore. And again, my boss took a role with Sony and said, I'm taking you with me. So it was part of the the transition was that I was going to go with him and I knew it. And Sony provided something pretty cool. We were going into what was a new space and it was the streaming video space. And when I started at Sony, realistically in streaming video, there was Hulu, who was half AVOD or advertising video on demand and then half SVOD, subscription video on demand. There was Netflix and Amazon had just started really playing the space. But right. we were in a very cool kind of position where nobody was doing exactly what we were doing. And it was when comedians and cars with co uh, comedians and cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld had really launched with uh, Crackle. Crackle, right. There was and there were just so many opportunities that we were like, okay, this is the right thing. Let's do this. So we moved over basically together. He went over in November. I came over in January and started to try to build a business. You know, Zach, as I'm listening to you share your story uh, from a, uh, a career path, it is anything but a straight line. You're on the NBA, you, you know, you're at Nielsen, you're over at Disney, you're at Sony. But if there is a consistency from what I've heard, it's that um, individuals have dragged you along with them. And it seems to be that you've done something in your career um, you know, that makes you stand out. And, you know, and I've been sharing with you before we hit record on this of what I do for a living and being a sales training uh, company and have, being a sales trainer. I'm very fortunate that I, I get to engage with a lot of top talented people. And in the U.S., call it there's 350 million people, call it 200 million adults. And I think that there's no shortage of top talent in the States anywhere. And so this, is, this might be a difficult question for you to answer. But what do you think it is about you that has people that, that this one boss or people that you've worked with saying, no, Zach, I want you to come with me. Like, what is it that you think that you were able to do that uh, made you stand apart that uh, I want to proactively pull you from Disney, come with me to Sony, and here's why? Let's talk about that from an upward trajectory or managing up and managing down. Um, I believe across everything I do, whether my customer is an internal customer or an external customer, building rapport, 
creating trust and ma maintaining that trust is important. Um, when I talk about how I'm going to build that trust for somebody I report into, it's all about delivering for them. I have a, um, I have a friend who basically said, my job is to make my boss look better. And when you kind of go down to that rudimentary level, it sounds awful, but realistically, <laughs> yeah. that is your job. Your job is to take what they give you, take the opportunities that they put on your plate and go and do them well and decide what's the important stuff maybe put some other stuff on other people's plates and let them do the same for you. But there's gotta be that trust there that you're gonna deliver and deliver the best possible product. We're gonna make mistakes, we're gonna mess up, learn from it, don't make the same mistake twice. Right. And you've built and then maintained trust. Um, same thing downward, when I look at how I want my employees to work for me and I wanna work for them, one of the things I think is important is building that almost contractual trust of do for me and let me do for you. Tell me what you want out of this job. What do you want out of this role? How can we grow and grow you? But to do that, you've got to deliver for me. It is that almost contractual, hey, you do your job and over deliver here and over deliver here. I can do these things for you and help you in your career. So, you know, going back to what's important in how I've grown my career and putting myself with people that I trust you work at a company like Disney. Disney is a very political company and the politics can get to you sometimes. But if you trust your team, you know that somebody is going to deliver. It, it gives you every ability to go and just do your job. And our jobs are hard enough as they are. Right. Selling is a very hard job. It's um, why a lot of people don't do it. If you have all these other things that are happening, you don't trust your people, your people don't trust you, you're never going to be able to be successful in just doing what you need to do, which is close deals and be able to move money into the pipeline. Got it. So you you work for Disney, you work for Sony, uh, two uh, very well-respected, massive organizations. You know, when I, I worked at Xerox for about a decade and I was in sales across the board. And when I decided to break the link between me and Xerox and start up my own you know, sales training business, I was in my mid thirties, single, uh, you know, no kids, just me. Uh, and so it was a, it was a much easier decision. And so I know that you didn't leave Sony to start up your own business, but you left Sony to go to a, a different organization, different value proposition. Um, you know, you're not in your early twenties, uh, any, any real conversations about, should I do this? Should I not? Um, any, any thoughts on, you know, your decision to actually move to Battlefy? Yeah, it was after spending almost 12-ish years in major big corporations that are cruise ships. They don't, uh, probably cruise ships is the wrong yeah, uh, fair. metaphor to use But right I get now. it, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> tankers, we'll call them tankers. Um, they don't turn quickly. And decisions that you make, even at a VP or SVP level, don't seem to have the effect to the business that you really want them to at this point in your career. So... Sony was making some changes to how they were doing business. They were, you know, they've continued to do some of the stuff that we were doing, but it's changed. And there was an opportunity for me to get out and look for what's next. And the Battlefy opportunity came to me um, again through a, re a referral from a competitive kind of frenemy. Um, and when it came to me, it just seemed like exactly what I wanted. It was still in a new and up and coming space. So it allowed me to be consultative, 
and learn well we learn with our clients mm -hmm. uh two it was small enough that i felt like i could make change and that change could really affect the business um i've been here just over two months and i am so proud of some of the work that this team has done over this short time already to really get yeah, yeah. i mean it just you can feel the difference it is truly a speedboat in terms of how it turns versus that tanker so it really has been a fun two and a half months or two months in really getting things running, building new processes, updating product, trying to switch the conversation of how we're going to market. And so it's been everything I want it to be so far. And I'm really excited about having my hands into something. Well, that that's so great to hear because, you know, you, we spend so much time at work and away from our, our personal life and, and family that it's important that, to your point, that you like what you do. You don't necessarily have to love what you do, but it's important that you like what you do. And I think you found that. And so congrats on what you've been able to create, you know, thus far in your career. You know, Zach, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. Um, I always like to ask anybody that's a guest on the podcast, if anybody came to you looking for some advice. And again, it doesn't matter to me if, if it's somebody who's just starting their career or they're, you know, 20, 15, 25 years into it. Uh, any advice for anybody listening that maybe you've been given over the years or that, you know, you would pay it forward if, if you had some advice to give to somebody? I have lots of little pieces of advice that I like to give, but I think if you were asking for one piece of advice, it's do it all, do it with gusto. Like really, if you're going to do something, if you're going to spend your time, our life is short, go and do it well, do it right. Um, put your heart and soul into it. I think people feel that heart and soul and that hard work. And that's probably going back to your question before, why have people continued to trust me and give me opportunities over and over and over again? It's because I do everything as hard as I can, as well as I can, because it, that's my name on it. That's something that I get to put my stamp on. Um, it, we talk a lot about telling your parents what you do and being able to go home and explain to mom and dad what we do. And we're selling air in most yeah. of the time in, in what we do. And so being able to say, this is what I did and I'm proud of it. And I worked my butt off on it. That would probably be my one piece of advice. Um, there's lots of other little ones in there, but that's probably the biggest. Well, I love it. And I, and I think uh, I, I, that's great advice. And I think that's a great way for us to wrap this one up right now. Cool. Good. Well, I appreciate the time. This has been fun. Um, hope it was useful to anybody listening. Likewise, Zach, it was my pleasure speaking with you. Thanks again for being here, freeing up the time. And everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, remember that your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll see you next week. Be safe, everybody.